chick in me Every time I touch that track it turns into gold We had to do it. We had, had to, to have our, our own car moment. <laughs> I feel like I like I actually don't really know the lyrics, so I was just like mouthing it and then like believe. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like those are actually it's a really hard song to learn, I feel like. And yeah. I, yeah. I feel like Paitlin uh was saying, I guess when they actually had to film the scene, uh that her and Milo barely knew the words and the entire crew had to have their mics on so everyone just heard them and not the actual sound so she was like we were just oh, screaming in a car so, so i could not do that i could not do that my self-consciousness oh, and so yeah i'm sure they had i'm sure that was an awkward time on set but they made it work they crushed it and the car scene oh, yeah. was awesome and so I guess with that being said, thank you everybody for joining us for this third episode of Decom Rewind. And if you haven't noticed already, we will be covering Prompact in this episode. Yes. Uh, for the people who are not watching this on YouTube, by the way, we now have a YouTube channel. Um, thank you everybody who is watching us and who has already subscribed. But Kelsey has a very funny and interesting Milo shirt that she created herself that she is wearing because she is Milo's number one stan. Uh, yeah, I did, had myself a little arts and crafts day and um, photoshopped a, for those of you uh, who also are a Milo stan, it is, uh, Ian just gets to stare at kind of a glaring photo <laughs> of his face from his Dancing with the Stars, uh, which he came in second on the 27th season. Um, so right. it's just him staring with his name in the background. <laughs> And the it's mics very are... subtle. Very <laughs> subtle. <laughs> yeah, super subtle. Um, yeah, that's I, I love it though. Um, very good shirt. Your creative genius came out in that. And uh I have this really hot um so I'm wearing the yellow a yellow jacket sweater. It's like 90 degrees out, so I'm so sweating good. here. But I'm wearing yellow jacket sweater. So yellow jackets is a TV show on Showtime, and the director of Yellow Jackets actually directed prompt act so giving a shout out to the director because we both love yellow jackets and we both love prompt act and i, I feel like it just shows her talent because they're such different shows and they're both yeah. amazing yeah so absolutely shout out to her such a good show um and yeah such a good sweatshirt too so so good um so Regretting we are <laughs> we're no <laughs> I know. I feel like it's one of those 90 degree days. Oh, it really is. I'm over here Woo. drinking tea. What is wrong with me? What? This, I chose poorly. I chose poorly. Yeah. <laughs> Some tea but in here, but it's ice, We're going to make ice, it work. So. Yeah, exactly. We're going to make it work. We can stream the car together. We can get through some hot, humid days. In yeah, absolutely. Sweatshirts and yeah, arts and crafts shirts of Milo's face. <laughs> Um, so I guess, like, before we get into all the Prompact goodness, um, and as you know, obviously this is, um, for those of you who have tuned in before, um, thank you. And for those of you who are just joining us, also welcome to the party and thank you for tagging along. Um, but in our first episode where we kind of introduced ourselves, this was one of Ian's uh, favorite decoms yep. that he had. So I know, Ian, I know you're so excited for today. It's honest, yeah. it's one of my too 
it's just such a good movie. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. I think I had it at number three. Um, honestly, in preparation for this podcast, I probably watched it two or three more times. Um, it's just a really good, feel-good movie uh, that kind of puts a warm blanket on you and while you're watching it. And also, shout out to Sarah, uh, who is our friend and one of our followers mm-hmm. who stand that arm. Yeah, we love Sarah. So... Um, she was actually saying that the first episode inspired her to watch Prom Pact because uh, she had never heard of it before, and she ended she ended up really loving it. Um, so everybody, take that as testament that this movie is really, really good, and we will get into why it's good and why we think that you should watch it in this episode. Yes, I'll never forget when you called me after you watched it the next day, and you were like, "Kels, you have to watch this movie. It's so good." I watched it that night and you were not wrong. It was unbelievable. And I think since then, that was about a month ago. I think I've watched it five, t- five times since then. I don't doubt it. Yeah. You get addicted. And like you said, it's just you do. those awesome movie moments that I feel like very, you know, if you're familiar with the early nineties, you know, early 2000 ish rom-coms, this will really hit home and just a lot of good moments in it. And so Um, But before we get into that, speaking of good moments, uh, we're going to continue with the movie moment of the week. So Ian, what was your movie moment of the week? Yeah, I mean, my movie moment wasn't anything like super magical or like super out of this world, but it was more of kind of just a subtle moment. And it was kind of similar to my first movie moment that I had um, during our first episode. But um, so this week, I was just kind of like sitting in my apartment cooking dinner. I had, you know, like the little... Uh, lo-fi jazz music going on in the background I think I was like yeah I was like texting Blake and also texting you and like my DC friend group and uh, I don't know even what I was making but I just remember feeling like very adult like and I actually felt like I was in one of those TV shows or those movies you know that we grew up with where it's like the 20 year old or 30 year old who lives in a big city and has like all these friends and like a significant other. And they're like, just like randomly cooking like a three course meal on a Tuesday for themselves. And so I just kind of felt like I was in a TV show at that moment. And it's not like it was anything spectacular, but I think I just kind of got uh, set back to reality and grounded and was like appreciating the little things in life uh, that make my life uh, really great as of right now. So I think that is my movie moment of the week. Uh, How about you, Kelsey? No, I love that. That's awesome. Because I feel like, like you said, you're in this amazing city with all of these awesome friends. And it's, it's great to have those moments of going out. But it's also so fun, I feel like, just to have those moments to yourself and cook an amazing three-course meal. And Yeah, I mean, it wasn't three-course, but it's, <laughs> I told myself it was, but yes. <laughs> Better than I could do, please. You know, my cooking skills are not the best. So I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> um, My movie moment of the week... It was honestly, it sounds, I I swear I did other things with my life during this week, but it was getting (laughs) this t-shirt because it was just one of those moments where it was, you're like, this is just kind of hilarious because so when Ian and I decided uh, back in the day that we were going to be doing Prompact as our second episode, I was like, okay, 
Uh, I love Milo. I've got to get a t-shirt for this. And I saw that it wasn't going to come in time. So I decided to Photoshop this onto a shirt and went to a local printer um, that said that they could do a t-shirt in 24 hours. And so I show up to the store and it's this cute little mom and pop shop. It's adorable. It's the place is packed. And so I'm waiting in line and, you know, there's a guy in front of me and he's getting stuff for his bachelor party. So he's getting, you know, a bunch of koozies and visors with, you know, signature labels that he's made. And there's, you know, I think it was a mother and daughter behind me. And she has all of these amazing templates for these beautiful place cards for her wedding and all of these, you know, save the date cards. And then I'm in the middle of this too. And then I show up and I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, that t-shirt with that guy's face on it hanging on the back. I was like, yeah, that's mine. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> She's like, they all, like, we were wondering who this was for. Hold on, I got to get the ladies in the back. They all oh come out. Oh, my God. And they were like, oh, like, he looks so familiar, but we don't know him. Like, is this your boyfriend? And I was like, oh, ladies, like, I wish. Like, but thank you. But <laughs> no, he's not my boyfriend. They're like, oh, is he your brother? And I was like, nope, not my brother. And they're like, oh, he looks he looks familiar, like a dancer almost. I was like, funny you should say that. Uh, this is for a podcast that I'm doing. Oh and this is when God. he was with stars. And then... I think they honestly thought I was crazy. They're like, oh, so so you don't know him and you just you just put him on this random shirt. And I was like, yep, that's me. <laughs> to like the, the mom and the daughter behind me, you could tell they were like, this girl is insane. So I just- Maybe the daughter knew, like, hopefully. I'm hoping, I was hoping, yeah. I thought some of you would know. Um, but now they know who Milo is. So uh, hey. yeah, that was, that was something. So yeah. <laughs> it was just like funny- moment where you're like yeah like this is this is my life this is my life and yeah, I mean, other people are mature things and i'm getting a t-shirt hey i mean it's great and milo if you're listening if you need some free advertisement in new england kelsey has you so i'll just have her walk yeah, around now, <laughs> you know we got a t-shirt shop all set up milo so there you go no. well it looks great so it looks like yeah no it looks great so better better than what i'm wearing anyway <laughs> um, oh, yeah. no, I, I'm just, I'm just like harping on the heat for some reason. I'll, I, I'm sorry, guys. I will stop talking about that. But, but yeah, no. So we both have, we're both wearing uh, stuff from movies or TV shows that we love. So, hey, mm -hmm. let's go. Uh, well, That's thanks awesome. for that movie moment, Kelsey. No, I really, yours was a lot funnier than mine, but I think both of our movie moments were great in their own light. And speaking about yeah, a really yeah. great movie moment. We have a movie moment from one of our listeners, actually, yes. which I we both really want to share. So um, this movie moment comes from Ian. He reached out to us after listening to the podcast uh, and was really inspired by our movie moment. So he wanted to share a movie moment of his own. And it's like a perfect summer, wholesome movie moment. So this is Ian's movie moment of the week. Ian went up to Mackinac, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Mackinac Island in Michigan with his parents and grandparents. And he stated that it was really fun kind of traveling back in time, seeing all of the horse, like horse-drawn carriages and bicycles, because this specific island actually does not allow cars. Um, I have actually seen this island on TikTok before, and I really wanted to go. So Ian, let us know if you enjoyed the island. It sounds like a perfect time to be in in the summer beach town with horse-drawn carriages around you. Um, 
And he was just there with his family and had an amazing time. So Ian, I'm glad that you had a really good weekend. And again, let us know if it's worth the travel. It seems like it is though. So thanks again for writing into us and sharing your movie moment. And listeners, if you have a movie moment, please DM us or leave a comment on one of our posts and we can share that out with everybody in our next podcast. So thanks again, Ian. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ian. And uh, like like this Ian just said, you know, it's been awesome to see the DMs, to see the comments. Um, yeah. And if, if you would like to be featured next, definitely DM us, leave a comment on one of our posts. We'll be sure to see it and we will be sure to uh, make sure that everyone else gets to know your movie moment of the week. So we're going to be doing something new and we are going to be starting off the top of our podcast with a little synopsis of the podcast itself, just so everyone understands uh, what to expect with this episode. So we are starting off with movie milestones and these are just kind of uh, how this film kind of made a name for itself uh within the Disney Plus and Disney original movie space. And then we're going to be moving on to Breaking Barriers. And this is a section where we talk about how this movie stood out from other DCOM movies that came before it, really interesting facts about it, and honestly, what makes this movie so special. Then we are going to be getting into our hot take section, similar to what we did with Cheetah Girls, where we give a hot take on every single character uh, that is like a main character in the film. And trust me, there are a lot of hot takes, so you're going to want to stay for that one. There are a lot of hot takes for that one, uh, especially with Mandy. And then we are going to finish off with lessons learned um and we want to finish off with every podcast um about kind of like mental health and how uh each decom can kind of relate to our own lives and what we can learn from the characters and what they have to go through in every single film because as we discussed in the first episode these characters really go through a lot in every decom and there's a lot of lessons for us to be learned as adults uh so yeah that is basically the synopsis on what to expect in this episode 100% and so with that we can kick it off now with movie milestones um so again this is one of our it has turned into one of our favorite movies but we get that maybe you know maybe some of you watched it love it um maybe some of you haven't and so for that um just a quick synopsis before we kind of dive in to the nitty-gritty facts um so basically what happens in this movie is that Prompact follows high school senior Mandy Yang played by the amazing Peyton Elizabeth Lee and her best friend Ben Plunkett played by Milo Mannheim as they navigate season. The prom is 80s themed and the BFF duo are surrounded by the over-the-top prom promposals, uh, but Mandy has her goals set on getting into Harvard. When she's waitlisted from her dream school, Mandy plans to get accepted by becoming the tutor of the all-star jock Graham Lansing, played by the also amazing Blake Draper, whose father is a powerful senator and Harvard alum. So that's kind of the premise, and then things don't always kind of appear how they seem on the surface. So uh it's that's the the synopsis but i swear um when you get into it and all the details which we're kind of about to you will love this movie to everyone listening out there um but i think so getting into the milestones um ian did you see any promotion for this movie when it was coming out you know, I really did it. And usually, at least with like DCOMs or Disney movies, like you'll see some advertisements uh, around like the city 
or on social media, specifically on like Instagram. Um, I actually had no idea what this movie was until a couple of months ago when you and I uh, finally got serious about making this podcast. And I was like, whoa, like they have DCOMs all the way up to 2023. So yeah, I had, I saw little to no promotions for this film. And I think this is a common theme. Like everybody is at least to is our age is looking back in this movie and they're like, how did I have zero idea that this film was a thing? I will say the only thing that I did see promotions for this film was on TikTok. And at the time, I didn't even know that those TikToks were about this film. And uh, I'll let you get into the TikToks, but these TikToks, it's not like they had like 90,000 likes. Like these had upwards of 600,000 likes and we saw them time and time again. But it wasn't until when I actually watched the film that I was able to connect the dots and be like, wait, this scene looks so familiar looking back on it. It's like, oh yeah. Cause I saw it on TikTok a while ago. No, I think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head because I, I didn't see any promotion from it from like a paid stance. So I feel like no matter what platform I was on, I didn't see any ads popping up in my feeds, but I did see all of these organic TikToks. Um, and it wasn't, now some of them were about the movie. Some of them were kind of just, whether it was AI extras in the background that kind of looked a little funky almost, or just funny lines that were said in the movie. And then the other aspect was too, I felt like there, because simultaneously while Prompact um, is happening, there's also a show on Disney plus called Doogie, um, Kamaloha, I believe. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Oh. Um, with with Peyton and Milo, and they are love interests in the second season. And so I was seeing TikToks from Prompact. I was seeing TikToks from this Disney Plus show. And so I had no idea what the plot was going to be because they have very different relationships in both of these things. So I guess in in a weird way, it was kind of good because nothing got spoiled, but um, yeah, yeah it's, I felt like there was no actual promotion for this. Um, and I think that kind of goes into the fact of, you know, now Disney is moving into this more streaming aspect platform and maybe not necessarily focusing so much on the cable channel itself, which is what we grew up on and knew and love. So I think we even noticed there were some changes in this one compared to what we were, what we're used to for old DCOMs. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's exactly correct. Um, and, you know, I think that kind of goes into the ratings for this movie. So this is the lowest rated DCOM um, when it comes to a actual premiere on Disney Channel. Uh, this film got 300,000 compared to other big hitters like High School Musical 2, which got 17 million, Camp Rock, which got 9 million, and Teen Beach, which got 8.5 million the day that they premiered. Um, Having said that, it is still crazy that even though this got 300000 on opening day, I'm sure there's a lot of other people who streamed it. This film is still in pop culture, especially, you know, as we just said, on TikTok, on Instagram, um, even when we were posted. And so our first TikTok was actually about this movie, and it was about one of the quote-unquote like PG-13 scenes, uh, which we can get into later but that was our first tiktok and it blew up how many, didn't it get like forty thousand views or something like that multiple comments so it's not like this film is like swept under the rug so that's actually the fascinating thing about it no absolutely um and this was uh 
you know, like the fact that it didn't air on cable, I think that Disney was allowed to get away with a lot more than they would have been. And I think that's kind of what makes this film special. No, it's crazy to think about. So as you were just saying, when we were doing our research, so the way Disney handled this one is that it aired on a Friday. So on the actual Disney channel. And as Ian said, numbers were low. So day of, it only got 182,000 views. Day of, purely on the channel before it even hit streaming services. And for those of you who listened to our last episode when we did Cheetah Girls back in uh, 2003, that in comparison, that was 2003, that got 6.2 million. So including, I mean, the big hitters that Ian just mentioned, this is drastically lower. And so I think that it's funny that Disney is clearly, I feel like, more focused. And I get it because that's where more eyes are going on to Disney Plus and the streaming services. And I think that because of that, we get to have this different types of content. So I almost, I enjoyed the PG-14 or PG-13, however you look at it, version. And I think, you know, I thought it was real. I think kids today, they have they've had access to the internet since the day they were born to social media since the day they were born TikTok, like they know what's going on they know i feel like we might have been a little more sheltered back in the day but these kids aren't and so they they know you know certain pg-13 things that might have not necessarily been on the disney channel before um but i feel like it was really genuine to who speaking to yeah those kids and even a little bit younger because they, if, if Disney, if Disney isn't showing them this, somebody else is going to be on TikTok yeah. or social media. Exactly. I mean, stuff spreads like wildfire these days. So if they're not going to see it on TikTok, they're going to see it on Instagram. They're going to see it on like group mm -hmm. text, et cetera. Um, but I think that's a really good segue into kind of our next point about how would we rate this film? Because there's a lot of controversy. <laughs> you know, I was actually reading some reviews. I forgot what website it was, but it was like a parent board where the parents rated this film and the kids rated this film. And I have to tell you, this film, I think kids gave it four out of five stars and parents gave it two out of five stars. One of the reasons mm -hmm. why the parents thought gave it two out of five stars is they thought it was highly inappropriate and we keep seeing this everywhere you know i think that there have been tiktoks about it youtube videos about it about how this is pg-13 but i'd love to just have your take on do you think it's pg-13 do you think it's pg and like maybe we can talk about the one or two scenes that kind of make this like no other decom that was before it yeah i mean i completely get that you know, if you're a parent and your little kid is watching something, you want to have, I feel like, all the safety measures up and making sure that, totally. you know, they're not going to see something inappropriate. But I guess that's the beauty of streaming services now because you can do that as a parent. So, I mean, for me, I mean, rating wise, uh, like on how good the movie was or just like on the content wise and how mature the content was. I'd say content wise, because I think that that is like the one discussion that is really kind of like circling around this film and whether you think it is appropriate for kids or not, because I think someone actually said it perfectly and they said it's in between like a Netflix movie type appropriate or like a Netflix TV show kind of like to all the boys I've ever loved. And then also yeah. just like a traditional decom. So it's kind of like the best of both. And I think that's why there's so much controversy at least online and on parent forums when you talk about this film in general. 
Um, I personally... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) We do that all the time. I personally don't think that it's... I think it's appropriate for everybody um, as long as, like, your parents, like, I would leave it up to the parents. I don't think that it's getting as much. I don't think it deserves to get as much hate as it is from parents personally, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think like when you look at it, I don't think the movie has anything that's drastically inappropriate. There are a few swears, but I feel like they're, they're on the lighter side for swears. And then I feel like even the one kind of makeout session we see between Mandy and Graham. It's, it's not, it's nothing crazy. It's still even it's around parents at a formal dinner. Um, And then we see what's insinuated as um, two guys basically hooking up at a party that she walks into. You don't see anything. Um, And so I don't think, I really don't think it's inappropriate because I just, kids see all of that stuff and more nowadays. And it wasn't, I mean, I think back to the movies we watched in, I mean, I think back to those late nineties rom-coms and the things that were insinuated in those with sex, drugs, swearing, and this is nothing compared to that. So I think, I think they're all good. I mean, not to mention, we also, we would, we had like, at least me, I would like sneak onto like MTV and watch like Room Raiders or the real world. And I was like nine and 10 so I think that, you know, as we said, kids are going to get exposed to stuff like this. And I would much rather my kid get exposed to a movie that says hell instead of like what we kind of did behind our parents' back. Exactly. And that's the thing. I feel like it's a safe route. I feel like I really, I think, I think it was totally fine. Um, and I just think, you know, it was a good movie with a great cast. I think they, they handled it really well and did a great job. Um, and speaking of that, um, I think one of the things we do have to say, just kind of for these movie milestones, you know, pulling out little moments and what we thought was great about this film is the fact, and it's not, again, not because I'm wearing the t-shirt, but the fact that Milo, if you're on TikTok, this man is everywhere now. You cannot, I swear to God, you can't go on your For You page and a day doesn't go by where you don't see him in something or see him even on his own TikTok doing something funny, just loving his life. And I think that that was kind of a, even if Disney wasn't planning on it, a huge promotion for this movie and just this, he's having a moment. And I feel like people are just really enjoying him right now. Yeah. I mean, he is everywhere. And I actually didn't really know who he was a year ago. And now as you said, you really can't escape him no matter what your age is. I mean, would you say, is this too traumatic? Would you say that he's kind of like Gen Z Zac Efron almost? Because I remember Zac Efron was everywhere. And so I don't know. Is that is that too much to say? I I mean, well, I'm 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 biased because I'm also uh for those of you on YouTube, I'm also drinking out of my uh Troy Bolton <laughs> bed on it pink mug. So I say this so endearingly. I think. I think he is. I think Zac Efron's shoes are huge to fill. I think yeah. he was, let's be real for a moment, he was the king of Disney Channel. But if you think about it, um, for those of you um, maybe on the younger side, you've seen Milo starring in the zombie series. Um, he was on Dancing with the Stars, came in second, rocked it. If you are into the show School Spirits, he's in that and is amazing in that. Yeah. Um, he's in the second season with Peyton on the, it's a really, really endearing, very cute show 
Doogie, Kamaloha. Um, and in November, he's in the upcoming musical Journey to Bethlehem. So he is just knocking out movies and TV shows left and right. So I think if anything, he gets to have that title that he is this generation's Zac Efron. And he's only 22. So like, I can't even imagine what he's going to be like once he's in his upper 20s. Yeah, he's only 22. Liter literally was able to drink last year legally. So yeah. that's crazy to put things in perspective like that. And I think Zac Efron might have been 22 in High School Musical. Not really sure. But they were around the same age when their stardom kind of picked up. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're doing great, Milo. Keep it up. <laughs> we're yeah, rooting for you. Up, Milo. Of course. Um, and then I think the last thing in terms of movie milestones, unless we wanted to cover anything else about Milo, I'm sure like every single episode we probably will we'll manage to bring him up because we like him that much, but is the soundtrack. Um, so I don't know how they pulled it off. I think you and I were talking about that just before we hopped on here and it's like you know they had i want to dance with somebody they had david bowie they had a lot of these really iconic 80s songs that were just phenomenal and they also had kind of like that synth wave background you know i think stranger things has it a lot of 80s movies have it but man this soundtrack even if you're like not a fan of disney soundtracks like this soundtrack is for adults for everybody for people who remember the 80s and people who love the 80s like you and me um this soundtrack is absolutely great and i think you can get it on spotify and apple music so yes. definitely and I, I like you said i think they did such a good job about combining kind of modern day music and these old 80 classics that we like and yeah it really reminded me of um and i know i know you mentioned to all the boys i love before but it really reminded me of kind of those movies, um, especially I'm getting the vibe of The Summer I Turned Pretty, where I feel like these series and movies now are really investing into the soundtrack because um, I think they know the audience really likes it. And it just, it makes it, it just really, I mean, whether it's like Imagine Dragons and they're screaming that in the car, or like you said at the end, when they're all in their 80s outfits and they're dancing to Whitney Houston, I want to yeah. dance with somebody. Um or if you're Graham and you're in a cute little outfit and singing his singing Graham, it's like Taylor's version, but Graham's version of uh, that's what makes you beautiful by one direction. Oh, like yes. They, yes. they crushed it with the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like the next decom is going to have a lot of big shoes to fill when it comes to soundtrack. So yep. Everybody uh, take our word, go listen to the soundtrack. Uh, it's, great for running it's great for like cooking it's great for anything so uh you will not be disappointed no absolutely and i think the one so maybe the last thing for movie milestones we we, we can't get away from the fact this movie is called prom pact and you mm -hmm. know we were talking about it before and there's actually there's not a lot of prom in the movie but a lot yeah. of build up a lot of build up for it um and so it's kind of nice to to think about our proms and back in high school when, you know, those awkward moments, those really fun moments. Uh, Ian, did your school have promposals or nice themes? We did. Yeah, I think and I think this was a I, I think I actually partook in a couple of promposals. I do know we did have um, forgot his name, but one of one of my friends uh, from high school, uh, I think it was junior year. Um, 
he did this whole thing kind of like prom pact where it was like actually in the gymnasium. So I didn't do something like that, but I did uh, for my first prom junior year. Um, I did kind of, there was, was this girl named Emily and I, um, my friends and I snuck up behind her and they had, we had like all these posters. <sighs> so embarrassing. And I just, I wrote a rap for her about like, that's amazing. You remember the it, rap. No, I don't. I really don't. And I don't want to. I blocked that from my memory. Um, but I, well, I was known in high school for like randomly rapping and it's like really cringy, but I like did it for fun. And so I wrote this rap and it was, I think it was like a minute long and my friends were filming it. It was like all over Instagram the next day. So that was like kind of my cringe proposal. And then the second one was a little bit when I matured and became 18. I, um, it was like a proposal because that one was like under the sea. And so uh, I think it was maybe yeah, under the sea, Ariel. And so <laughs> I kind of made like this like fake little boat and like had like water everywhere, which was like, it was. It, Ian, that's amazing. It was, it was good for 18 year old Ian. Um, yeah. And I, I, I like wrote like on the sail or whatever. Is that what it's called? A sail, as you know, yeah. very good with water. Uh, who says that? But I, I wrote, will you sail away to prom with me? That's amazing. She must have, or at least I must have loved it. Yeah, it was my friend Kenzie. I've told you about her. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, those were two pretty decent uh, prom proposals, I think. Um, so yeah, how about you? Oh my gosh, those aren't embarrassing at all. Those are amazing. And I'm so jealous because I feel like, um, first of all, the sailboat is just, how much time did that take you? Well, I had a lot. It was like with my friend Dominic. Um, so probably honestly like two hours or something like that. But oh. we were also like teenage boys, so we just kind of like boop boop put it together. <laughs> and like, oh like just super glue it, put it there. So yeah. It was yeah, we at least did put some effort into it. Thank you, Dominic, for helping me on that. Shout out, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean that's incredible because okay, I don't know. I don't know what happened to my high school. We didn't, no one did promposals. And it was just, the guys would go and ask whoever they wanted. And then you would just say yes. And so um, I guess kind of boring on that. And, but I do have, I mean, this will, if you thought anything was cringy from your stories, and if anyone out there listening is ever embarrassed about something that happened to you in high school, I think this will all make you feel a little bit better. <laughs> so it was my senior year and prom was coming up and this girl, Felicia came up to my locker one morning and said, Hey, Kels, Paul's going to ask you to prom tomorrow morning by your locker. So just make sure you're standing here. And, um, I was like, sure, no problem. I got you the next morning. Um, and the backstory to all of this is that while all of this is going on, I have braces. Not only do I have braces, I have a fake tooth in the front of my mouth that is seared to my braces. And because they were bringing down, I now have all my teeth, but they were bringing down my real tooth at the time so that it would fit into the Ooh, space. That's painful. So there's a, there's, that's, you know, it was a really attractive moment. What can I say? Um, so I'm straightening my hair. I'm like, okay, Paul's gonna ask me this afternoon. It's gonna be great. While I'm straightening my hair, my tooth falls out of my face, my fake tooth. And then, you know, high school rationale, I'm like, no worry, you've got this, you've got this. I shove that baby back into my mouth because I'm like, what are you going to do? You can't oh, meet him no. with a gaping hole in your face. 
I shove it into my mouth and I say, okay, all I'm going to do is I'm going to get to my locker. He's going to ask me, I'm going to nod, slightly smile so he can see my teeth and not say anything. Get out of there. Get out of Dodge. So when I show up to my locker, of course, all of that rationale goes out the window. He asked me to prom. I say yes, like big, wide open mouth. Yes. As soon as I say it, I regret all of my decisions in life. I can, as soon as I say yes, I feel it fly out of my mouth. It hits this man in the chest, like straight in the chest. My face falls to the ground. We both just watch it fall. I swear to God, it was in slow motion. And he looks up at me and I'm like, he's probably got a lot of questions right now. But I was like, I pit stains down to my like elbows. Like I'm so mortified. I can't answer them. I just walk away. Um, Shout out Paul. He still took me to prom. This kid still took me to prom after getting a tooth in the chest. Wait, did you say you like spat like a tooth at him and then just turned around and walked away and he still took you to prom? Just walked away. Shout out Paul. What do you say? Yeah. Hit somebody. Yeah. But I mean, I did. And I did. I did find that fake tooth because it was really expensive. (laughs) Oh, my God. um, But now, yeah, now all real teeth. So it's great. But yeah, shout out, Paul, for being like an actual angel uh, and still taking me to prom prom after that. So that's the thing. Ian, your stories are not cringe. I promise you they are not cringe. Like a rap is awesome. A sailboat is so cool. Like never worry about that again. Well, yours actually seemed like, like actually like a movie moment, like something from like a decom or or something like that. I would have been mortified. I can't believe. I mean, that shout out to you, honestly. Like that is hilarious. That is a hilarious story. You should ever you should tell that to your children and your grandchildren because that is too funny. <laughs> Suddenly, like top three most embarrassing. It might it might be my most embarrassing moment of my life. So well, thank you for sharing it with all of us. Uh, it shows that you trust us. Yep, exactly. Let's yep. Just and for everyone out, out there, like I'm telling you, like never worry about an embarrassing moment again and for a day in your life. So ever, because Kelsey spits two teeth at people and I rap to people. So yeah, there we go. And so another thing that was really cool about this movie is that it broke a lot of barriers across many different aspects, I feel like, of filming. And one of the things that was super noticeable, I think no matter what age you were, is that it's kind of this new modern take on the you know late 80s, early 90s, even early 2000 rom-coms that I feel like we grew up loving. And so I feel like parents could probably that were watching this with their kids really relate to it and really like it. Um, I think that they mentioned that it was kind of based off those old, um, not old, but the John Hughes movies from the 80s. So like mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club, um, 16 Candles. Um, also shout out Uncle Buck because it's my dad's favorite movie. So thanks, John Hughes. Really? Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Loves Uncle Buck. He loves Uncle Buck. <laughs> like when he's like eating, like he like uses like the vacuum to like, I think it's like he has popcorn on his stomach or something and he just vacuums his stomach. Anyway, that's not a rom-com. Oh my God. I feel like this movie was very reminiscent of those. Um, And they did a great job because I feel like it was truly a modern take on what some of the 80s movies I feel like could be a little stereotypical. I feel like this one did a good job at kind of, again, just modernizing things for our generation. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. And I think that one of the reasons why this film was um, 
maybe so 80s inspired as you know the director uh mm -hmm. kind of grew up watching these 80s films you see a lot of 80s elements obviously in yellow jackets too um but mm -hmm. one thing that really stood out to me and i saw a couple of other people talking about this too um you have movies like 16 candles which is an iconic movie but there are elements of the movie that make you kind of step back and go like oof what am i watching um mm -hmm. For example, when Jake Ryan hands off his drunk girlfriend to Farmer Ted as some kind of reward, and then also, you know, uh, Ali Sheedy's character in Breakfast Club when she got, like, that do-over, and she was like, it was really uncomfortable for me. So I think that Prom Pact kind of represents this, like, 80s rom-com type of a movie, but with all out the kind of homophobic racist and like abundant sexist elements and i think that almost it, it feels like the director wanted to kind of give the magic of the 80s to a newer generation of people of color and women um people in the lgbtqi plus community so that everyone can enjoy the magic of 16 candles and breakfast club without feeling a little uncomfortable um but yeah that's a really good point uh this is definitely the 80s rom-com but for our generation and the generation below us too i loved it and this isn't an 80s rom-com but I, it really reminded me of um I'm dating myself, but it was a 1999 film and it was called Drive Me Crazy. And it was with Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian um, Grenner. And it was basically, they were neighbors and it was in high school. Um, they both get broken up with and they both kind of want to get back at their significant others. So they kind of put on these different personas and she's already in the popular club. He wants to join. Um, she's basically forcing him to join in and pretend that he wants to be there. But it really reminded me of, I feel like one of the big aspects of Prom Pact is that not everything is what it seems. And so if you've seen Drive Me Crazy, I feel like there's very similar vibes to that in Prom Pact. Um, again, just, just a feel-good rom-com where I feel like everybody wins in the end, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah, that's. I actually have not seen Drive Me Crazy, but that sounds like a fantastic movie, and I might watch it tonight. I'm not even kidding. Like, that sounds really fun. Um, it's good. It's good, and that's also where I'm like, if for the people thinking that this movie being PG-13 is nuts, like, watch Drive Me Crazy, because I promise you'll see some stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah no i think that's really great and i'm, I'm really glad that it, again listeners this is absolutely a movie that you have to check out especially if you do like those 80 rom-coms uh, or drive me crazy like we just spoke about um i think another thing that's really special about this movie and that you and i spoke about is the representation not only from like a diversity standpoint um like the friend group is super diverse um but also from a sexuality standpoint, uh, this is a really important film, I think, for people like myself who are part of the LGBTQI plus community who grew up watching Disney Channel or watching Disney and really didn't see any representation. I don't remember any Disney movies. I could be wrong, but I don't think that there were any other Disney Plus movies that had main characters who were part of that community. Um, you know, we see it in The School Counselor. Um, she has a wife, which is amazing. They don't shy away from it. Like they, I feel like if this movie was made 10 years ago, they would have like implied it or something like that. But this was like, they were 
very open about it, which was great. And also the opening scene of this movie, I don't know if you noticed, but it kind of like zooms out of a pride flag. And I think that that kind of just shows like what we're getting into when we talk about this movie. It's like a new Disney Channel, a new Disney Channel Plus, where, yeah, they tell the stories of everybody, no matter their sexuality. So, and also they didn't make a huge deal about it too. They didn't make it like, there are some movies where it's like, oh, like I go through all these struggles, which is really important. But I think for younger kids, they just showed like, you're the same as straight people. You can have the same like relationships as straight people. It's just one element of yourself. Um, and that's something that I really probably needed growing up. So I really appreciate Disney Plus for um, not shying away from parents saying that this is going to be too woke and for putting it out there and uh, sticking by it. So yeah, thank thanks again, Disney. Honestly, really appreciated that for this film. No, I think you're so right. I think this film really made it evident that, you know, there was so much representation, but again, it was like, it wasn't stereotypes or in your face. It was just there as it should be, because that's how it is in real life. And I think you're absolutely right. Like whether it was race, sexuality, disabilities, um, where you were in what was considered, you know, social status, which I feel like is sometimes the end all be be all in high school. They really broke down those barriers. And I, I feel like even Beyond that, they did a really good job with the different, I feel like, types of character tropes. Like, I feel like when I look at LaToya, right, this amazingly beautiful, insanely popular girl who I feel like in the old rom-coms that we were just talking about kind of would have been that stereotype of, oh, she's the pretty girl. Maybe she's mean. She might not have given Ben a chance, you know, at all. And, you know, a second look. And here she is, she's smart, she's intelligent, she's kind, she's leading, you know, garden exhibitions in the morning, she's not drinking, she's finding Ben charismatic and is worried that he doesn't know her name. And I think it was really cool to see that it was, again, I feel like just breaking all types of stereotypes of, you know, things that we we would, things that kind of sometimes we grew up with, which weren't necessarily the best. And it was really cool to see that um that that was not the case in this movie yeah i mean and it's not even just you know uh latoya reynolds but you know it's other people i think you mentioned it too you know it's the the parents you know usually mm-hmm. when you have a main character who wants to get into an ivy league school it, the parents are it's it's because their parents want them her to or him to you know mm-hmm. the parents are always pushing it and these parents like Honestly, didn't it seem like they were kind of just like overgrown, like like when they were in their twenties or thirties, like they were definitely going to like rock shows and all that type of oh, stuff, yeah. like staying out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I say rock shows because like they're like always like doing this. Um, that's not my go-to genre to say that someone's hip and cool. But uh, but yeah, no, especially the parents, like they were definitely not that trope of the mm-hmm. overpushing like kind of robo or helicopter parents, you know. Yeah, I, I love that line when Graham and Mandy are going out for um, his dad's dinner and Mandy's dad is like, you will be home at 2 a.m. <laughs> she was oh, like, what? Yeah. No, I will be oh home God. earlier than that. Thank you. And, but it was, it's so true. And like even Graham's mom, I feel like in a lot of past movies, we would see her being the stereotypical, you know, almost just very like stiff, snobby wife of the senator. And she was super down to earth and cool and cared about her kids. So again, it was just awesome to see 
can see them breaking those molds for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, parents, side characters, main characters, but I think the mold that was bro broken the most was between the two main characters, um, yes. Mandy and Beth. I, so can what's I, your take? Can I, okay. Did you feel like the writers at some point, okay, and we we've talked about this, so I know what you're. I, I think I know what you're going to say. But did you think that the way the the movie was going at a certain point, Ben and Mandy would get together and realize that they loved each other? So I I did think that, but but the only reason why I thought that I think is because I feel like my brain is so trained, like that's what's going to happen mm -hmm. when you see like. Um, a male and a female best friend in like a TV show. And it's like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to fall in love. And so I was just waiting for that moment, honestly. Um, and it really took me as a surprise. Um, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, uh, when they don't fall in love. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that really got us. I mean, you and I were talking about that multiple times. And I think that's like, why this movie is so different and so like interesting, in my opinion, that these two main characters um, did not fall in love. I mean, what about you? Did you think that they were going to fall in love? Uh, did you did you see that coming? Or I I think I I I have the same take, and I think you're right. I think it's just so trained. You know, we see these two cute friends who are sitting in a somewhat, you know stereotypical romantic situation of sharing a waffle doing bookstore right. and movie nights Friday and you know it's just the two of them and it but it's not a date and I think especially Hollywood has set us up to believe that okay if you do this like someone's going to develop feelings and someone is you know going to make that move and go to the next level and so I think a, a piece of me definitely thought that that was going to happen um and I do think it was it was again cool that two friends of the opposite sex could hang out, be friends, um, and just have support each other and have completely different love interests. Like, was I expecting that? I don't think so. I honestly expected mm -hmm. them to kind of get together, but it was cool to see again, kind of breaking those norms of they can be really good friends, they can fight, they can get back together, still have that same friendship, and still have feel romantic feelings for these other people. Um, Cause it definitely took me by surprise. I was not expecting that, especially with the yeah. promotion, not expecting that. I almost feel like, did they do that like on purpose, like in the promotion or like, like how they cut the trailer? So, so we were like, okay, let, let's wait until one of them falls in love. Um, right. Because that's such a Disney trope, though, too. Like, even if you look at Disney Channel, you have uh, from Kim Possible, you have Kim and Ron. One of them got mm -hmm. feelings for the other. You have Gordo and Lizzie and Lizzie McGuire. One of them had feelings for the other. You have Eddie and Raven and that's a Raven. One of them got feelings for each other. And then finally you have Phil of the future. So it's like, I just oh, think that, yeah. oh yes, we, we love you, Phil. Anyway, <laughs> um, you guys will hear about our obsession with Phil of the future later, but I was just expecting it. Cause that's what Disney has kind of programmed me into thinking um, growing up. So yeah, definitely agree with you on that. Okay, so now we're into our hot take section. And this one is kind of my guilty pleasure. This is my favorite part of the podcast where you and I can just kind of 
ramble about our conspiracy theories or just unpopular opinions about the movies and characters. Obviously, like we try to be really positive about these movies because they're great movies, but there are certain elements of each movie that you you really can't like beat around the bush. So I wanted to start off with Ben Pluckett. Um, Plunkett, uh, he is Milo's character. And honestly, my hot takes for him are pretty positive. Honestly, I just, can you even like, is it Milo himself? I feel like there is no character that Milo plays that you can hate or like be mad at. He's just like such like a sweet, generous, kind-hearted person on screen that I feel like all of his characters kind of resemble that too. So my hot takes for Ben are one, I personally thought that he was a better friend to Mandy than she was to him. He was always there for Mandy. Um, I kind of feel like Mandy put herself first. While she did grow at the end, Ben always put Mandy first. You see that when he takes Latoya Reynolds out to uh, dinner for his birthday and leaves her because Mandy's in distress. And it leaves Latoya to pay for everything, which was not a fan of him during that season, during that uh part of the movie but for the most part really great friend i think that he is probably my favorite character in the entire film um and then my last hot take is and again i know we just went about like how it was so refreshing to see a movie where a male and a female character who are best friends don't develop relationships or feelings with one another but i couldn't help but to think and maybe this is me just again being pre-programmed I almost felt like he had feelings for Mandy and it was like at the back of my mind while I was like watching it you know he got like really mad when she ended up not taking him to prom rightfully so or just doing anything for her at the drop of a dime and I just maybe it's just Milo and the way he looks at people but just the way he looks at her I was like there there has to be some feelings in the background there I don't know Kelsey, do you agree with me with that? Or am I like reading way too much into that about Ben? I think Milo, I, it's, it's, I feel like it's been said by every single one of his co-stars. He just has chemistry with everyone. And yeah. I also found it hilarious that like someone who acts like Ben, looks like Ben, that they would be considered this like dorky, no nuts plunket. Cause I was like, look at the guy and he's so charismatic. Like, okay, like he's, he would not, he'd be doing fine. I feel like in high school. Um, I do. I know we talked about this before and I do agree with you that I did think there was this piece and that was on my list too of with Ben. I feel like he did. I feel like he kind of did sometimes have feelings that were a little romantic for Mandy. And I don't know, again, if we're just set up um, from, all of it were just ruined from all of our movies growing up that we've watched. But I think that he, like, for example, like you said, for LaToya, right? LaToya Reynolds, he's so excited. He's finally having the best birthday ever with her, leaves her. Um, like you said, she has to pay for everything. He, he doesn't make sure that she gets home safely. It could have just taken five minutes, called her an Uber, you know, paid for it, and then went to go get Mandy. I feel like he always made Mandy a prior- priority and never LaToya. And I get why he, he did that in certain aspects because he is such a loyal friend and he did deserve the best prom. And, you know, he deserves all the happiness in the world. He's definitely my favorite character. But I feel like at a certain point, and maybe it was just because their friendship was so 
unequal. Like Mandy, I felt like just took all the time and Ben just gave everything. And so maybe that's why it just wasn't an even playing field. But I do, I 100% think that I can see them. And I know we talked about this scenario too. Like, okay, she goes to Harvard. He goes off and does his thing at college. Him and Latoya date for a little while. And I feel like when they're 25, they're going to maybe meet up back in Seattle and be like, do we, do we want to make this work? Should we, should we try and figure this out? I, I can see that happening. I know. Like what? I feel like I might be a little upset if that does happen, but like, what if we get like a prom pack two in like three years and like, that's kind of like prom pack, but in your middle twenty, in your mid twenties, um, I can absolutely see that happening. I, I just, I don't know. I, I want Latoya and Ben to like work out so bad because I, I just think they're the cutest couple ever. I love the both of them. They're so charismatic and great. I love them. I love, and I did, I will say though, I did love the fact that he, there was one moment when they are out right before everything gets ruined at his birthday dinner. But there is that moment where they're actually bonding about Marvel movies. And I loved that because I felt like it showed that again, like Ben appreciated Latoya for how smart and kind she was like, not obviously she's stunning and popular and head of the cheerleading team. But I like the fact that he was, he's such a good guy that that's why that's what he liked talking about. And that's what he liked about her. Um, so Ultimately, and she's and she's legit an angel on this earth. So then oh, uh, yeah, you better you better stick it out with Latoya. But I I I can see it going both ways in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ben, Kelsey, and I will be like really pissed at you. Um, if you no more like, waffles, like, no more waffles. Yeah, for you. no more no more waffles. And yeah, exactly. Um, I think that that's a pretty good uh, segue into the next character and her relationship with Graham. Kelsey, I was wondering if you wanted to start out with your hot takes about Mandy and wow, do both of us have a lot of them is all I have to say. <laughs> I feel like we have so many hot takes. And yeah. It's going to be hard to narrow it down to our top ones. <laughs> I just want to preface like Ian and I love this movie and we love all the characters. I yes. think yes. Mandy was something. Um, things like, things <laughs> I like about me. <laughs> Like, I love Peyton too. I think she's such a talented actress. I think everything she's in is amazing. And so the one thing I really like about Mandy is she is the strong woman who is smart, who doesn't need anyone's approval, who's very like strong-willed and knows what she wants. I think that's awesome. And I think we need more of that represented. I think she was an absolutely awful friend, like the worst friend the most she had there was a lot of selfish attributes and I felt like a lot of dramatics that Ben was just always there to pick up the pieces and he even says at one point when he gets upset after she says yes to Graham um when he asked her to prom that Ben just feels like he's her doormat and mm. at the end of the day that's not a good friendship because you know if and I, we, we talked about this too Ian when even I think the the most like besides, you know, forgetting that it was his birthday weekend, I think the the nail on the head for us was when she she is having a terrible time with Graham at his father's dinner. She calls Ben when she she knows he's at this dinner at the Olive Garden with the love of his life, Latoya. It's his birthday dinner. And she calls him to have him come pick her up 
because she doesn't have her phone and she claims that he's the only number that she knows. I'm like, you don't know your parents' number. Like, call anybody else. Literally anybody else. Like, you're gonna you're gonna ruin this man's birthday twice. Like, I just think she was selfish. I think she thought about herself the whole movie. I think there was a little bit of character growth, but she thought about herself the entire time. What did what did you think? Did you okay, did you think it was weird that she called him? It was in my mind straight out of the page of like a narcissist or like a manipulator uh i just and she and again maybe i'm reading too much into it but she knew he was at this dinner with latoya reynolds who he's like loved since a little kid um and then she calls she goes oh wow that's right it's your dinner you know it's it's like you knew it like you knew that was going to happen and as you stated like you don't know your mom or dad's number like they were super cool parents they would pick you up trust me um right. i mean i right it, a lot to think about her and i want to like her so much because i love the actress who plays her and i think that she did a phenomenal job for only being a teenager playing uh mandy um and i i think the reason why you and I get so upset about Mandy um, is a testament to the acting abilities. You know, I mean, I thought that she played this narcissist, self-centered person so great. Um, and I agree with all of your talking points. I think it was a one-sided friendship for a lot of it. Um, you know, it was kind of like Mandy's way or the highway. We even saw at the end of the film, or sorry, at the beginning of the film, Ben is like telling her, you know, I really wish that I was able to do more high school stuff. I feel like I spent my, my whole high school years like kind of uh, sheltered. And she was like, well, I don't really like, that's fine. Like, I don't really need other people, et cetera. Um, having said that, I do want to say like, there is character development in her. Um, and, you know, she did apologize and uh, she did try to make amends. And I think that she did kind of grow within the film but the only problem is 70 percent of the film she wasn't growing and she was only thinking about herself thinking about harvard thinking about her future instead of ben um so yeah i think that you hit the nail on the head with all of those hot takes with mandy again really wanted to love her as a character i don't dislike her let me say but yeah maybe i do a little but it's just like i think that um I think she could have been a better friend. And thankfully, she did own up to her mistakes at the end. And, you know, you know, there is that scene where she's, like, standing outside of the bedroom, kind of, like, playing, I think, something out of, like, a speaker box. Um, and she's like, I'm going to play it until you come out, which is also kind yes. of selfish in and of itself. But she, she did make herself vulnerable. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, but she did make herself a little bit vulnerable, at least in that moment. So yeah, over under Mandy. Okay. Character. Ben was definitely a star of that friendship and the star of the show, even though Mandy is technically the main character of this film. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, I think, and I think you're right. Cause I think Milo and Peyton's relationship, just because of all the projects they've been on together, I think that's almost kind of what makes both of yeah. their characters awesome. It makes her super endearing too. Like even after we just said all the things we maybe didn't like so much, they're, they have such a good chemistry that you just like her because, you know, it, they're very comfortable with each other. And so shout out to them, too, I guess, for for actually being, you know, friends on and off set because it, it, it came through. So and oh, again, totally. both amazing actors um, and another amazing actor. Uh, what did you think about Graham Lansing? Yeah, so Graham Lansing, you know, he is um, he's 
great guy, great guy, love Graham. But um, right. who's the <laughs> who's the actor who plays him? His name's Blake. Blake Draper. Yeah. Blake Draper. Wow, what a acting name. Jeez. Um, I know, right? Like, that's crazy to me. I guess it's because of, like, Don Draper. I kind of think of Don Draper, uh, Blake Draper. Oh, what a throwback. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I think the most surprising thing about Graham, I just wanted to say that this was Blake's uh, breakout role. Um, he honestly has not been in much before this movie, and honestly, he's a really good actor. I had no idea. I was expecting, like, searching his IMDb, being like, oh, he's been in, like, ten other Disney movies, but no. This is, like, one of his yeah. first break breakout roles in general, so shout out to you, Blake uh, Draper. Uh, great actor. Um, but when it comes to Graham, uh, I liked Graham. I thought that Graham was a sweetheart. Uh, I think that he did have some, like, really cocky elements to him that I really didn't like. Um, kind of reminded me of those, like, the most popular guy in your high school who kind of thought he could, like, run the school. You, like, see him, like, joking, like, best friends with, like, the principals, like, all that type of stuff. Um, but for the most part, I thought that he was a great character. Um, honestly, I thought it was like, really big of him to again like forgive mandy after mandy like at least had the intentions of using him at, at the beginning um but yeah no nothing really much to say about him aside from the fact that there are you know mandy really wasn't a trope ben wasn't a trope but i do think graham was a trope because time and time again we've seen in disney movies that or not even just disney just tv shows and movies in general that popular jock who like wants the nerdy girl who tutors him realizes like oh he's really sweet he does charity he's like down to earth and so i did think that that was kind of like a funny trope but uh i'm glad they did it because i really 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 adored graham in this film uh kelsey how about you did you like him as much as i did or did you think it was kind of like a d-bag sometimes i don't know it's kind of you know i liked him as much as you did. <laughs> i know i know that's why i was like did you kind of like <laughs> I love this man. I, um, well, well, the, I'll, I'll go into the number one reason why I loved him, but I think you're so right, Ian. Like my first note ever, I felt like he was a little bit stereotypical of that popular guy that he, he was giving me like Freddie Prince Jr. vibes in every single Freddie Prince Jr. movie where he's the popular guy, but then he's nice. And then you realize that and he gets together with the unexpected person. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm like, okay, he's playing the popular basketball kid. He's going to be nice. He's going to be volunteering, you know, care about what his family thinks of him. Um, also, shout out to Blake. He did not know how to play basketball when he started this movie. So um, he's playing this, you know, massive jock and his older brother actually had to teach him. And I think Peyton, um on set actually had to teach him, ironically, how to play basketball. So <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Shout out Blake for learning how to play some ball. Um, but I just, the, the number two note I have on Graham, which I did really like about that Disney added this in, and it, I just have it in all capitals, and it's manners. I thought this kid's manners were amazing. Like, he opens all of Mandy's doors. He serves her food, like, onto her plate. He's always thinking of her. And the number one thing is when when he's teaching her beef and teaching her how to shoot a basketball, oh he, he's like, do I have permission to touch your arm? And I don't know why it just melted my soul. It just yeah. was it over the top, like probably, but 
I just, I loved it. I love that Disney again was just kind of adding that in and just, ah, it made me swoon. It made me swoon. Um, but the number one thing, and we've talked about this many, many times, um, his promposal. I, I'm so happy to know that 75, I think it's at 75% now. Um, we did a poll on our Instagram to see, you know, if you watched it and if you liked Graham's promposal. Um, and so I think 75% of you at this point are like, yes, loved it. We loved it. I, I loved it. I, I don't know what happened to me. It was the, the night when you're like, you have to watch this movie. It was the first night I watched it. I was, you know, once Mandy goes to the office and you know, there's nothing there for her. I was like, it's happening. Graham is about to do his promposal. This is going to be great. And I love the fact of the foreshadowing of you kind of know he's going to do risky business because they have this whole thing where promposals are just kind of focused around what the guys potentially like and not necessarily the person they're asking. And I love that Graham saw this photo of Mandy when she was, I think, you know, four or five in the risky business outfit because she loved the movie. And so he does that. And so you kind of just see him slide across the floor and, you know, his socks and his shirt. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this already. And then when I tell you, when it when it's the the note switches and it suddenly goes into that first beat of that oh one direction <laughs> yeah. I, something happened in my body like i it was like this guttural reaction and i just it came out of nowhere and i was like mandy you better say yes like i i screamed at the i screamed at my laptop and i was just like i love this man like i i mean his version was interesting the way he's saying it but i loved it he tried everything he tried else. I he he know he crushed it. Yeah. I I loved it. What did you did you think it was over the top? Did you think it was crazy? No, I mean I liked it. I thought it was like I that, see when I say Blake Draper's a good actor, like I think of that scene because he just crushed it. His dancing skills were great. I mean, it was just so endearing. I am not a one D fan like you are, uh, so that part like did not hit home with me as much as it did with you. Um, but I mean, and I've actually never seen Risky Business, but like, I obviously, I know I'm like Ian. You gotta get get it together. Um, but oddly enough, it still is one of the scenes that I think about, you know, when someone mentions prom pack, I think of two scenes. I think of the Imagine Dragon car scene, and then I think of this prom proposal. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was like a really great scene, really happy scene. And I th think it's gonna, I mean, maybe I'm overhyping this movie, but I think it might go down as like one of the most iconic decom scenes in the future. Cause I can definitely see this movie picking up. Now, now that it's on streaming platforms. But yeah, love the scene. Um, I think that that kind of our last character that we kind of wanted to touch upon is LaToya Reynolds. And so I will... <laughs> Can you please stop saying my name in full, guys? Um, did you want to kind of talk about your feelings about her? I know that you and I have literally nothing bad to say about her. She's an angel. But yeah, how did you feel yeah. about LaToya? <laughs> My first note is she is an absolute angel. Um, yep. I, I have no hot takes about her. I loved, as we said, I loved everything about her. I think um, I understand why the writers did what they did. I do think she deserved better in some of the aspects, as we mentioned before, with, you know, Ben in the dinner, things like that. Um, I just, I love her. I think she's so endearing. I love 
right away when you meet her and she's so polite to Ben. She knows his name, as we mentioned. She's not this typical popular girl. Um, the one thing, and this has nothing to do with her character. I just wish she had been in more promotion. Um, yeah. I wish Monique, the actress that plays her, had been in more promotion because I felt like, um, you know, I felt like there was four main characters in this movie and she was one of them. And I, I just wanted to see more of her because she was really cool in the movie. And I could see, like we said, if they do a sequel, she better be part of it because she's one of the reasons I feel like why we love this movie so much. Did you, I know you already, I know you liked Tyrion, but um, like, what did yeah. you think about like the promotion and all that jazz? I, re I really did not like this character. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that she is, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, pulling a fast one on you. Um, no, I literally loved her as a character. I do wish that she was in the center of more of the promotions also. Um Again, zero hot takes to say about her. She's just like the sweetest, nicest person. And honestly, I, the fact that, you know, Ben did leave her to like pay by herself and then get home by herself and she was so forgiving of him really speaks volumes to who she is as a person. Um, I think she's just like a shining light. And like, I know I said that Ben's my favorite character, but I think it's kind of tied with Latoya Reynolds too. And this is why hopefully as Ben matures in age, he learns how to treat her correctly because um, she definitely deserves uh, a lot. And I think that she is one of the reasons why you and I love this movie so much. So yeah, nothing, nothing but good things to say about Latoya. All good things. And I feel like two other characters that we definitely only have really yeah. great things to say about um, kind of, uh, you know, the two friends that we see. Um, sometimes, again, we wanted to see more of them with Mandy and Ben, but it was Zenobia and Charles. They're kind of, I feel like they were the comic relief, the sassy duo. Um, I loved all their band drama. But um, I know we've talked about this, Ian, but we wanted to see more of them and hopefully... I feel like they set it up where that could be a potential sequel there too. Cause it looks like they didn't graduate. So yeah, um, we'd love to see more of them. That would be, I mean, I felt like in the group, like they were best friends and then Ben and Mandy were best friends. So it would be really interesting to see like their dynamic. I just thought they were like witty and funny. I mean, one line that sticks out to me is like when I think it was like Ben and Mandy are arguing. Um, and then um, what, one of them's like, uh, what did he say? He had like a bet with Venmo and he's like, oh yeah, I'll Venmo you. And then he's like, okay. And then he's like, well, I don't have Venmo. I just think it's like really funny how they're like, I think that they serve a really good purpose in terms of like comedic relief, especially when Ben and Mandy are being too intense. But as you said, hopefully there's a sequel where we learn more about them because we really don't know much about their backstory. So yeah. Another character that, um, you know, had a decent amount of screen time, but we would have loved to see more of her is um, Mandy's, well, I guess everybody's guidance counselor, um, but Mrs. Chen. And just, I... I, again, I know I keep saying this, but you know, when you and I were talking about this and it's just so cool because she's, I feel like not what you think of when you think of a typical guidance counselor, like she's sassy, she's funny. She tells the kids like that they're annoying. And she is just this amazing, well-rounded character. I feel like that, that was really cool to see um, in, in a rom-com like this. She's hilarious. I remember Mandy was like, are you in a bad mood? And she's like, I'm a high school college counselor. Of course, I'm in a bad mood. Like, she's just, she's so witty and on her feet. Uh, like, she has, like, a sleeve of tattoos um, and mm -hmm. also has a wife. And as I think I was telling you this, like, 
I was thinking back about it and her character is really important because there's not a lot of Asian American LGBTQI plus representation. And I'm like really glad that she was front and center about that. Um, so yeah, probably one of the funniest characters uh, in the whole movie and absolutely love her. And if there's a sequel, I hope that she is still the guidance counselor because she is hilarious. We, yeah, we definitely need more of Mrs. Chen slash Margaret Cho for sure. And the last thing we wanted to end on everybody is kind of, again, going back to that, you know, feel good, um, you know, mental health wellness aspect of this podcast that we really wanted to bring to everybody to kind of just reinforce, you know, having a good week, just taking a moment to think about the messages from these DCOMs, because there are great messages in all of them. Um, specifically when it comes to Prompact, the biggest one that um, we noticed, um, one of them, there, there were many, but one of the ones was living life to your fullest. And I feel like that can be whatever that means to you. So if you are someone like Mandy, I think it was really cool that she, she knew she wanted Harvard and she was going to get it no matter what. And I love that Ben wanted to enjoy high school and enjoy, you know, going to prom, enjoy dating the love of his life, kissing her on stage, finding, you know, what makes you happy and then sticking with that because, um, you know, never missing the moments. It's great to work hard, but it's also really great to enjoy the moments. Um, my mom would always give me a really good quote when I was in high school, ironically. Um, and she says, you don't need to live life all at once, but also just never let it pass you by. And I think that's really, it's appropriate for high school because you don't have to do all these things, you know, go to these parties necessarily, you know, do things you don't want to do. Um, but also make sure to stop and sniff the roses, have fun. Don't be so worried about what you look like on paper with applications. And I think that can apply to the rest of our lives, no matter where we are, whether we're in the workforce or just, you know, with relationships we have as we get older to just have that balance. Um, but that was, so that was the number one thing I think that I, I could really take away from this one. How about you, Ian? No, yeah, I think that's really great. And I love your mom's quote. Wow. I kind of want to like put that on like a t-shirt or like a coffee mug. Um, I know a place. You get it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're going to have like one week. It's like Milo next week. It's like live your life to the full. <laughs> and be like, who is this girl? Um, She's wild. Like, I'm back. Um, I think the one that really stood out to me is kind of know your truth and also uh, respect yourself, too, in that process. So it's kind of like a twofold or two-part thing. The first part is, I think, uh, respecting yourself is standing up for yourself and don't let people walk over you. Um, you know, I've had problems in the past with, like, you know, letting coworkers or bosses walk over me. You know, I've had problems in the past, like, especially when I was a teenager and in high school where I did let like, quote unquote, like friends walk over me and kind of, you know, almost manipulate me uh, uh, to, to, to the point of where it was like their way or the highway. And I'm still learning it right now. Um, I think a lot, a lot of other people can probably relate to this. You know, I'm still learning how to stand up for myself and being able to say no, being able to put yourself first. I mean, obviously you can be like bad and be there for other people, which is super important. But at the end of the day, you really do have to value, uh, your mental health and, um, kind of how you're doing in life. So I think that's like a really important element that we can learn from the characters like Ben and LaToya and Graham um, and just like learning how to really 
put yourself first and value your mental health. So that is, um, that's a one part. And the second one is kind of like knowing your truth. And I think that comes with having like a really good balance in life. Um, kind of like understanding why you're out here in the world world, and like knowing your purpose. And I think you and I have spoken about this, especially in corporate America, you know, it's really easy to not find your balance in life and to just focus on your goals and focus on like your work where other things get pushed to the side, like maybe a hobby, um, maybe it's traveling, maybe it's friendships, maybe it's finding a relationship. So I do, and we saw that a lot through Mandy's character where she didn't really find her balance at least in the beginning and then she finally did at the end so I think that those are two really important life lessons that I mean I definitely am learning how to grow with every single day and I think that a lot of the listeners hopefully can relate to that as well too I know we've mentioned this a lot of times during this but this is this is one that you don't want to miss like especially if um you know you're you know older millennial, like Gen X, and maybe you, you haven't, you know, thought about watching this. I'm telling you, you know, we know, give it a try. Just watch it. You will not regret it. It's a great movie. We can't say enough good things about it. Um, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's one of our favorites now. <laughs> and we hope that it's going to be your favorite too. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely going to watch it a couple more times uh, through the remainder of the summer. But yeah, no. Fantastic movie. Thank you, Milo. Thank you, everybody, um, for making such a great film for us. So remember, listeners, see si puede. Means yes, you can. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, for the people in the States, uh, have a really great 4th of July. And for people around the world, have a really great weekend. And we will see everybody next week.